My name is Adisola Akindele, and welcome to Great Conversations of the HTMAM Kind. Episode 6 is all about you, my dear listeners, where I get to answer your questions, you know, the most frequent questions that you have asked me over the past few months. So I've asked listeners to send me questions via email, and um, they have actually been quite excited. I've been able to answer some of them. Um, but I decided that, you know, there were a few that I would love to chime in and put into uh, and create an episode, actually, um, in the middle of the season to give you guys a break, you know, from all the interviews that I've been doing. And it's been quite um, amazing answering them. I love the questions because they also help me, you know, check myself, really. It's like, you know, in the new book that's coming out that I, that you know, workbook that I wrote, I call it like a self slash mentor checkpoint so all your questions are like checkpoints for me just making sure that I'm actually you know experiencing and and gaining a lot from this journey you know it's, it's not about just saying oh I set a goal and everything but just making sure I'm actually you know really enjoying it at the same time and I'm really glad because it also tells me that you guys also want to do this and it's it's really um amazing that a lot of the stuff that has been shared or questions or interviews you know you connect with and can actually do something or start to do something about your own journeys as well so the first question um that I'm going to share with you guys um that was asked and this came this came up at least 20 times um in different ways but it was surrounded around age so the 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 question basically that I'm going to use was you are almost 40 what why start now um and isn't it too late? So these are basically three, like two questions I, I meshed together. But, you know, it's the same thing. The answer is literally the same for about, you know, the 20 ways I was asked these questions. Um, so the way I'm going to answer this is simply, you know, just to give you um, the motivation to not think about age. You know, I am what you would call a late bloomer. And despite my age, I will succeed. I mean, that's something that I put in my mind all the time, age doesn't mean anything to me, to be honest. You know, if you have a goal, you can, it can be as early as, you know, you know, being a teenager or even before. I mean, I've met entrepreneurs that, you know, uh, we're working on like my media company working on apps with and they're not even 10. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So, you know, but I'm obviously not in that, <laughs> in that age group. But the thing is, you know, take Martha Stewart, who was in her mid 30s when she started her catering business. The first business started was catering and she signed. She didn't sign her deal until her late 40s, you know, to develop the Martha Stewart living brand. You know, that took her. 10 years or more to do that. Same thing with the fashion designer Vera Wang. She was 49. Um, we all love and know KFC, um, you know, Colonel Sanders. He was 62, you know, and obviously the famous Ray Kroc of the McDonald's um, fame, 51. And Leo Goodwin of Geico was 50. Now, Robert Noyce of Intel, Intel was 41. And Reed Hoffman of LinkedIn was 35 when he founded LinkedIn, but 43 when it went public. So, you know, age has nothing to do with it. And I'm giving you guys these examples because these are guys, people who are actually my age group. Yeah, I'm, I'm 35. I mean, 35 to 45 age group. So I just, I'm well, let me just keep it real in that way. Or people who are even older than me who have done it. You know, it takes hard work and discipline to reach success. In my case, you know, I am older and wiser. And I, you know, and I'm in a better place to best navigate my own path as opposed to 
me letting life happen to me. Yes, I let life happen to me. And then you get to a place of, of you know, victimization and stuff. But it doesn't, it doesn't really take you anywhere thinking that way. You have to literally, you know, own where you're at. So to anyone my age or older, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, you know, count yourself out. Don't think that it's never going to happen for me at all. You know, success comes when you are ready, you know, and it's a byproduct literally of you achieving your goals. The key thing is setting a goal. You know, for instance, um, right now I'm working with a client who um, is creating a product for people who are seeking love or uh, uh, some kind of partner of some sort that they're going to spend their life with. And Working with her helped me realize that, you know, I actually haven't actually set a damn goal for the kind of person I want. And it's a simple question that if Mr. Wright, you know, Mrs. Wright was right there at the door and knocked the door, are you ready for that? And that is the same thing in every aspect of your life. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Have you set that actual goal? Do you know what the goal looks like? What does it feel like if you had that person around you? Not elements, because that's the thing about us. We, we have elements of what we want. Okay, for instance, the millionaire goal. What do I, you know, what do you want? People don't say, oh, I want to be a millionaire. It's like, they're like, oh, I want to be able, to, I just want to be rich. Okay, all right, that's just a very vague goal, but why? You know, um, okay, you know, let's say you want to be someone who spends, I just want to be able to spend money without thinking about it. Okay, okay, that's an element. All right. I want to be able to help people without, you know, what rough, you know, stuff, you know, feeling bad about it. That's an element. But put it all together and set a goal. OK, you know, set that goal, you know, to take the worry of money off the table to be able to face and, and, and make changes without worrying about making money. That's like a firm ass goal. And I can just literally tell you that making that decision, whether you're eight years old, whether you're 15 years old, whether you're 20 years old, whether in your 30s, 40s, 50s, or 60s, that definitive goal is what is going to take you places. And whatever it is that you're doing in that moment that you don't even have to spend an extra dime to do, to learn, to gain a skill. In that moment, that is it. That is what you need to figure out how you're going to take that create something and get you to your financial freedom goals welcome back guys so i'm now on question two and this question i've been asked um has been asked several times as well um so i just want to make sure i address it in this q a why interview just men are there no women um millionaires that you can interview you know it's not very representative of what it is that you're doing okay so every guest on my show so far i have either approached um literally sliding in their dms or you know sending them emails introducing myself or have been contacted um, by their representatives for me to interview. Part of my week is spent doing this, you know, to both men, women to come on my show. And it's just like marketing, you know, you do 10 things and then you get one thing in return. It's literally the same thing. And it could either be um, a man that's responding to me. Um, unfortunately, I haven't had, you know, a response from 
female millionaires. And it got me thinking that I'm not the only one on this journey. I'm not the only one trying to do this. Um, and there are actual female millionaires. And you have to ask yourself that what is the case here? You know, with most women, you can you, t- you can tell that they're either they're juggling a career, family life um, and also other things that they might be doing or be interested in. A lot of women who are successful spend a lot of their time actually um motivating others you know and trying to reach others and getting them to also get in the same boat as as they are and you know all of these all of those that i've aired yes so far have been men but that is not to say it is you know it's it's my preference you know but you know with the me too movement actually going on now where women are acknowledging their own destiny and how they can wield it women are generally not comfortable you know, I've discovered that women are generally not comfortable talking about money. You know, if I have brothers and you, you sit down and here they are talking about how they're going to make their next buck. And, you know, when I sit with my girlfriends, it's either the complaining about money or, um, you know, it's just not the, the right kind of conversation. So I had to ask myself that I wanted to be around women who also had the same goals as I did. And it's funny that that takes a while. I think in my circle, I probably only have about three people that think that way and actively are doing something to get there. But the thing is, you know, I've found a way of cornering my time to focus on on this goal and other things that I do. Um, Some people don't have that luxury. And taking out an hour and a half to speak to someone and interview, interview someone um, or interview a person is it's a lot for some women nowadays you know especially if they're juggling so many other things and I respect that because you know I juggle you know my life I mean I, I homeschool my daughter I have my uh, businesses that I'm building you know I mentor people as well you know so it's it's it's, it's it can be difficult to figure you know just to find that time and then you have to ask yourself what's the value so um, to take an hour and a half in my week to do to do set thing plus it's about the com the comfort level you know I find that it, it's not a conversation that it that comes up all the time when I'm around dudes they're like they know what I do already and they're like okay you know she'll give me ideas or something like that when our girls is different you know they're checking in on family life on you the you know emotional you know you know where you are emotionally and all the things that you know it's more caring so I find that when I even put the topic down if it's not in a business environment it's not discussed if it's not that i'm mentoring you it's never discussed so i think that you know it's something that needs to be addressed in a way um we have to get comfortable about talking about money you know and and most of the time it's either someone in that field that is ready to do so um that someone who builds wealth for others and there actually are um, podcasters who do that already um, a lot of women who are actually professionals have their own podcast that they're talking about wealth and building it i mean they're more technical um but you know what like it wasn't until i heard the founder of elvest literally um sally uh Krocek, and she was talking about you know this aspect where women are like they need to get comfortable they need to be having conversations about money with their friends she actually literally said that and i was like okay that's interesting and then when you read her book own it she wrote that for a reason you know she wants men to get comfortable thinking talking and also managing their own money you know i i mean i, I remember listening to i mean i'm, I'm an indep- i'm a single mom i've always been very independent i mean people call me a maverick you know i do things by myself and myself if i find it very hard to um, depend on on anyone because in my mind I'm thinking okay you know what I've got the same tools that they've got hands buddy mind whatever I can do you know what I want for myself and 
I've always had to be the person thinking about all these things for me. So when she was describing a situation where, you know, you know, she, you, know you, you get clients that could, you know, just don't understand money until either they are going through a divorce or, you know, their partner passes on, you know, or something happens that they have to take it over or their partner loses their job. And it's like, you know, they don't have a clue because they've left it in the hands of somebody else. And, you know, that actually surprised me because I thought everyone actually equally knew where they were at financially. So it, it's something that, you know, women are now waking up to and realizing that, you know what, put the burden on yourself as well for your for your own financial stability. You know, have separate IRAs, you know, all these kind of things are things that we're just talking about. And it all boils down to the same thing. Why is it I've only interviewed men? Because they are comfortable sharing their story. They are comfortable sharing where they started from and where they're going. They're literally open to doing that to help others, to wake up others. Um, and I've been to seminars as well. And to tell you the truth that it's, it's, it's like you can count the amount of women in the room. And some of those women only are there because they're accompanying their partner. It's not a choice that they made on their own. Like I will waltz in by myself and you can even see the attendants looking at me weird thinking, oh, okay, where, who did you come with? You know, and it, it, it's, it's kind of funny because it, it didn't occur to me until I started thinking about answering this question. And, um, you know, we will never solve like it's, it's something like, okay, this is a quote I want to share with you guys by Gloria Steinman. And it's, she says that we will never solve the feminization of power until we solve the masculinity of wealth. So, back to my favorite quote, be the change you want to see in this world. I am only on this seat here where I have chosen, you know, to share, you know, to steer my own boat to financial freedom. No formal training, but by my own experiences and learning from others who have done it, who are doing it from books, from direct conversations, seminars, webinars and more. Listen to podcasts. You know, going on courses that have either not paid for or paid for, you know, when women. So I just want to leave with this, this, this comment. When women are ready to be open and create the time to share their journey, I will be ready to interview them. so back to question three one and two have been done already and it's been really um it's been really enlightening not just because i'm sharing these answers with you but knowing that i have thought through all of these things to respond to them makes me feel really happy that i'm able to do so in a very comprehensive manner so the third question is um one that i have literally just pulled together from um several different ways that have been asked this especially on facebook actually a lot of people on facebook and the facebook page um ask this question um, in different ways so a million in five years how is that possible i love this question um and it's because you know my answer is why not <laughs> it's just a simple answer like simply Listen to the past conversations and learn how Chiofor works in an industry, in the forest industry, you know, where billions of transactions happen on a daily basis. And, and his aim literally is to be a billionaire. He's not even thinking about millionaire. He's studying billionaires because like you study where you're going. And 
Tim Sykes made his first million trading penny stocks in his college dorm room. Chris Cavallini went from being arrested 17 times at 18 to building a multi-million dollar company in his 30s. Miguel Diaz saw the rise and fall of the real estate market, lost a lot, and is still positive and is now on top, one of the top real estate um, agents in San Diego. I mean, come on. Why, sh- why should you actually have any doubts about how possible this is? I mean, the last question, one of the last questions, the first question I answered was about age. Why isn't it possible? You have to ask yourself that question. Why is it not possible for me? And, you know, you have to find a way of flipping that and making it a positive thing for yourself because thinking that way is what is not making it possible for you. So building a business has allowed me to see how an idea can make someone a millionaire. You know, I mean, literally, it, you can have an idea, but make sure you sit down and, and understand that how viable it's going to be. Sometimes you start with an idea and then you sit down with someone, a business developer or a professional. They carve that thing out for you to make sure it makes a million. I mean, like the style of my style of mentoring is, OK, how are you going to make a first million? That's a question I ask my, you know, my mentees all the time. And if it's not going to get you there, I'm like, okay, what is the point of this? Some people are happy making enough money to pay a standard salary that they feel comfortable with to cover their bills. You know, that's not the kind, I'm not that kind of mentor. So if that's the way you think, you know, I I can't mentor you. But if you really want to get your business to that million million dollar mark, you can come to me and we'll sit down and and carve it out. Carve up your revenue streams to get there. So being that kind of mentor and and seeing that happen for a few people, you know, it's just makes me understand that I know before I even start this journey is possible and many of them do it in less than five years you know and being an entrepreneur is not easy okay so learning about you know investing has really shown me how I can make this happen you know um how I and then it's also helped me realize that it's what I was doing before that it never happened for me you know basically it's like you know I made money and I spent it or I spent what I borrowed, like it would, you know, it would automatically automatically replace itself or replenish itself somehow. Then I was stuck. So how many of you were there, were in that exact same place, or are still there and they're still boring to make up or match up or catch up? And uh, you know, I had to ask myself that you know it was the habits and my ignorance that you know that caused my situation. You know, me not able to, get, you know, me not able to get to this goal earlier was my fault there was no excuse i have a lot of achievements so why am i not there and you have to ask yourself okay what was i doing to ensure that at a certain point in my life i would retire i mean i always i always tell people that i'm retiring at 40 but what was i doing to do that you know even as an entrepreneur you need to have a goal behind that behind owning your own business you need to have a number goal and a mission of some sort that you that were able to you know help you check yourself and be accountable at every single step of the way you would make better decisions having that in mind all the time you know looking at what i did to cause my situation was so powerful for me because it was like okay what next I decided I was going to do something about it, starting with the question that created all of this, how to make a million. And it's a question that I asked my mentees for years. And I actually did not ask myself that because I was enjoying so much helping others. I didn't think about myself. 
I didn't think about how, you know, this will help me in any way. But the funny thing, guys, was every single person I had worked with was a lesson because I was able to document all of those and I was able to create buy a book, you know, my workbook. And it was it was when I realized that it's about the process as well. Everything you have done up to this point are lessons. Write them down and tell yourself you're not going to do it again or you're going to work towards not doing it again. You fall into one of those categories. There's no other one. And then make, draw a line in the sand and say, this is what I'm going to do as of now on. This is why I created a podcast to share how I'm doing it, how I did it, because I know at the end of my five years, I'm going to get asked this question over and over again. It's the same question when you go to a seminar, webinar with any millionaire. People are asking, OK, how, how, how? And like, are you listening to what the person is saying? You know, it's like you, and a lot of people don't document, you know, their process and they end up, you know, making or sharing vague stories. But there are people out there that can tell you what they're doing and how they did it. So find those people, find, connect with someone. If you're into real estate, connect with someone who made it in real estate. If you're into stocks, connect with someone who made it in stocks. Everyone I've interviewed has something that they have, they're doing or have done that has gotten them to that goal. Listen to the podcast and connect to one of them. And most of them actually have um, open channels for you to reach out to them. You know, they have websites, you can sign up for the newsletters, you can, they have courses also that and they, they speak. So wherever they're speaking, look, look out for it. And if you're nearby or can attend, attend, you know, this is one of the things about investing in yourself. You know, you need to do all these things to get you to that point. You don't know how to do it. That's why you're where you are. So go and learn how to do it. Um, you know, year by year, I have been documenting what I'm doing and, when I get to a certain point, I now share. So I shared what, I, what happened last year. I'm also sharing what I'm going through this year as well. Some of these episodes are pre-recorded. And, you know, these are things that I make sure I try out what they're saying first before even airing it. Because I want to be able to connect with it and feel that, okay, it is possible. And that's what this Q&A is for, to tell you that, okay, all the guys you listened to so far you know, they've helped me on this path that I'm, that I'm on and helped me to put something together for myself that I'm going to activate in year three. So you know what? It is possible. It is very possible. And the only reason why it is not is because you're telling yourself that it isn't and you've locked yourself in your mind. So free your mind and I'm telling you the rest will follow. Welcome back. We are on question four. This is the fourth segment. Um, and, you know, I feel really, really happy that I'm able to share all this stuff with you. So the next question I'm going to um, kick into is, um, you know, it has to do with money. And it's about how much money, you know, did you have when you started this journey? <laughs> You know, when you decide, man, I got to make a billion, it's not about the fact that you are in a good place because I wasn't. I started at a deficit. And then many of you don't even know what that is. That's like minus zero. That's 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 like un, like a place, low, you know, worse than broke. And um, yes, you know, it wasn't the best. 
you know, I have seen myself grow and realize my true value, what I had that was of value, honed my passion and, and everything, my, my, you know, and the, the things that I, that I hold dear to me and corrected all the negativity in my life to get here. You know, when I worked with my life coach, it was, my goal was to get to a place of balance and peace and to align everything I wanted in my life with, with my actions. And that's something you need to, to, to ask yourself. You know, some people have dreams of owning their own home, you know, or, you know, traveling. And you have to check yourself and your, your habits. You know, for me, one of the first things I did was I stopped eating out. You know, um, it's not something everyone can do if you can't cook. But, you know, I had to stop doing that because I, 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 I looked at myself and I said, I'm going to spend $50 on a meal. Whereas if I just went into a store and spent 10 bucks, I could probably feed myself that same meal, cook it three times over. You know, those are the kind of decisions you literally have to make. There's, there's, it's, it's really weird. But honestly, you know, you have to ask yourself, for instance, like in uni, we, we actually studied how much people spent, you know, in coffee shops every year. $1,500. If you decide that in, tw- in the next year, in 2019, I'm not going to a coffee shop. You're going to have an extra $1,500 in your pocket. That is what I call a kickoff fund. fund. So if you're looking to start a journey of some, some kind, investing or, 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 or growing your wealth, that is already a, some money that you can put into that goal. So it's, it's those simple things, you know, that you need to ask yourself. And you have to take ownership of your choices. You know, what are the choices you're making that are keeping you where you're at? You need to understand simple things as assets and liabilities. You know, an asset is something that is going to pay you an income over time. A liability takes away from your ability to create an income, right, for yourself. Like, it takes away from the money you're going to put into something or or into an asset, an asset that's going to pay you later on. So, for instance, that $1,500 now can buy you an asset that's going, or put towards an asset that's going to pay you over time. They're, you know, so it's how you're going to think about it and how you're going to think about um, money, really. You need to really realize the kind of um, uh, person you are when it comes to money. If you're not good with money, then be around people who are good with money. They will change your, percep- your, your, your perspective on things. Like, you know, for instance, you know, Mr. Wonderful um, from Shark Tank, he was talking about a car. I have, I've been thinking about, um, you know what a car means to me to be honest and I think about it in in the in the form of the cost of it and if it was really worth it do I get that in in any kind of value from it to be honest and right now as I speak to you guys I don't own a car I did I had a lease but I got rid of it because number one first of all the main reason I had a car was for transportation to you know whatever and I just thought to myself okay if I did anything personal during the week it would probably maybe be three or four times and the only reason I actually got the car to begin with because it was a means for me to take my daughter to and from school but the minute I made the decision to homeschool my daughter it didn't it didn't make any financial sense for me to keep it to be honest and then I thought okay anything I wanted to do I would do it around the cars that were in that household that belonged to other people in my household which was my mother and my sister so I'm like okay I'm going to figure out how I'm going to actually plan myself around it. And you know the funny thing? People who understand your situation will accommodate that. They'll get it. Then I began to have, you know, um, see my mentees at home. 
you know, these are people who I have, you know, welcomed in, you know, to become a mentor, you pick who you mentor, by the way, you don't mentor everyone. Yes, I've turned people down. And it's a relationship that is like, a, it's a, it's a, it's a two way relationship. And I felt great doing that because I, you know, they got to understand where I live. They liked it, you know, or it inspired them to do more for themselves. So you really have to start thinking about a lot of things. And when I heard Mr. Wonderful talk about a car, like, why well, get a car? It's, it, it depreciates the minute it goes off the lot. And it, he's right. I remember that at the time when my lease ended and they were trying to offer me a situation to buy. And I thought, if I buy this car at the price you're staying, I can actually purchase one cheaper at half the price I was being offered somewhere else. The same car. So walking away from that lease, and if I even had that, that exact money to buy that car, I would have been better off buying the half price one elsewhere. That is the same car. It was a brand new car. So you have to ask yourself these questions like, when you're making these decisions. And, you know, I'm not saying don't buy a car. It, you really need to evaluate your needs. But I have changed the way I have thought about the money I'm going to put towards one. I have a car in mind that I really want. And it did not, doesn't make financial sense, even if I'm literally comfortable to actually even get that car. My goal here is to grow and build my assets to get me to a point where part of the income from my assets covers the cost of the car I want. That's going to take some time. And in the middle, in between, I'm going to get a car that, you know what, does the job. As my mom calls it, you know, is it moving? That's what she calls those kind of cars. And that's literally what is going to get me from A to B. And I'm good with that. If I need to get anywhere, there's, there's Lyft. I use Lyft. And it's a situation where, you know, it, 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 it's, it's the value to me at that point makes more sense. And it's not just about a car. You know, if this, this, if this example doesn't fit you, think about other things that you're spending on. You know, um, when it comes to real estate, my thought process is I'm not buying a house that I want to live in first. No. I'm buying, I'm going to buy property that I will rent out, build my portfolio to a point where the income I earn from that will get me the house, my dream house. And I, I'm guys, I'm a minimalist. I'm not up for big houses and stuff. Like I can literally live in a tiny house and I'll be good. So it's, you know, that's like where I'm heading. And I want a tiny house that is customized and that can cost a bit of a bub, you know, in the tiny house market. So that's my direction. And I'm, I want lots of land. And that's something that, that I am happy spending money on because I can do other things with it later. So, you know, you, it's all this I'm saying to you. I didn't know before, by the way. I have just learned this in the last two years. <laughs> Sorry, last year, actually, because this is my, my, my schooling year, I call it. And, you know, I wish I'd known this before, which is why I'm sharing it with you. So it doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're in debt, you're in deficit, or you're at zero, or you've got 10 bucks or 20 bucks. Just think about, developing your kickoff kick fund. The kickoff fund is what you're going to use to acquire assets. If you don't know what an asset is or, or uh, what a liability is, there are lots of things to explain this. Some of them might be, be a bit technical, so look for an advisor. You know, Get one of those free consultations and just sit down and then have them explain that to you, you know, and then make your move. Make your goal, you know, set a goal. Okay, I'm going to acquire my first asset at the end of this year. Then keep building that. And then remember your number. That's important because you need to say, okay, when am I going to get my assets to that is going to pay me the number I'm comfortable with? And that's how I'm thinking about it, okay? You know, I'm not feeling weird or, or, or scared or anything, but, you know, I'm just doing what I'm learning, you know? It's like 
first of all, working on yourself. All these things I'm saying, all the habits and stuff, it's literally part of your personal development. Is it of value to you? You know, Chris Avenue talks a lot about personal investment development and about investing in yourself. If I put 50 bucks on a course that's going to help me understand money better, that is worth more to me. Because one day I might have, you know, 10 times that. And if I don't know anything about it, I'm going to lose it. And then I'm going to feel bad and feel like, what's the point? No, I'm going to learn. I'm going to make that money work for me. Okay. And I'm going to learn how to be disciplined. How not to go into a coffee shop for a whole year. How not to eat out for a couple of years. Those are the kind of things I'm talking about. You know, personal development helps you become more aware of the decisions that you make and, and make sure that they are of benefit to you. And I have to tell you that I have lost friends making some of my decisions about money. You know, I, I'm not, I don't do all these outings and stuff like that. So it, it has put a strain on my, on my social life. But you know what? Now that I'm sharing my journey... A lot of them have called me and they're like, oh, I get it now. I just thought you were being cheap. I'm like, I wasn't being cheap. It was just, I just needed to get to a certain place and it wasn't going to work out doing a social event that I have to spend money. And, you know, it's funny because I'm one of very few people who is happy and open saying that, that, you know, oh, I'm not spending that. And like, oh, I'm actually happy being known as the, girl, the friend that doesn't spend money or is cheap. I, I'm happy doing that. When it comes to my daughter, that's a little bit different. You know, I do weigh it, weigh things out. If it's not going to be of value to me, I was going to mess up with my, my plans in the month. I'm not doing it. You know, it, it just, just, it's just not worth it because I'm doing something here that I want to teach my child and I have to be that example. So, you know, on the days you don't feel like it, those are the days that you need to push through. You know, fear of failure is just not worth having that fear. You know, I mean, Team Sykes. Has, you know, has talked about this so many times. There are books out there for you to read to show you how to start this journey from zero. Lots of books are out there. You know, I have attended seminars with Dean Graziosi, real estate seminars that have shown me how I'm going to be able to build myself to get my first asset. You know, it's easier to actually, you know, get a house you're going to rent out as opposed to living in it. You know, because if your income dies, you will not be able to make those payments. But, you know, a rental property the person living in it is the one paying the rent and you don't have to worry about it. And try and get a property that the, the rent covers the mortgage as well, you know. So eventually it'll end up paying you back at the, you know, in the long run. You know, I follow a variety of, of, the, of, of um, pages on Instagram that explain these things in pictorial examples. So it's not te like heavy technical words. They literally show you like have animations or um, cartoon-like images that they just break it down easily. I mean, there was one I saw that, was, that had $100,000 that you either put in savings or you... No, sorry. It was... Um, excuse me. <laughs> Let me say that again. It was $40,000. So put in the savings over a certain amount of time. It showed that example. Then it showed splitting it into four, 10, 10,000 each, going into properties worth 100000 and automatically you're now at 400, 400K. That's what your, your portfolio is worth. And you know, it's funny when you're hearing it or reading it in words until you see it as a picture. I'm like, damn it. Yeah, that's what... That's what that person has been tell, trying to tell me about real estate. Do you guys see what I'm saying? So take that time and effort, you know, to use the social media to learn something. You know, on Instagram, it's pretty easy. And if you don't know who to follow, head on down to my Instagram page um, or the hash, um, the HTMAM journey Instagram page and look at the people I follow and then, you know, follow some of them. And then you get a lot of help from that. You know, um, read books like, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It would really help you understand 
you know, where, you know, why you're where you're at, you know, and the way you think about money, you know, and how rich people think about money, or I would say wealthy people think about money. Um, it was very enlightening for me, actually, um, listening to that book. I mean, honestly, it, it, it was, it, it really opened my mind, um, a lot. Um, Millionaires, uh, Success Habits by Dean Graziosi, that's a good one to read as well. The Millionaire Next Door, it's very interesting. I mean, from the first couple of pages, I was just even laughing at some things. Like, um, there was one example in that book that really got to me. Basically, it was, it was him describing a, a family who had millions, but, you know, they were taking their kids and to McDonald's and they were buying the, the dollar value, um, dollar menu from the dollar menu. And the kids would, would say things like, are we poor? Because why is it that we always buy stuff from the dollar menu? You know, so not knowing that their parents are pretty wealthy, well off, but they're just trying to teach some habits to their kids, you know, and it's like, you know, when you hear things like that, you have to ask yourself, that person's making that decision. Why can't you, even if for a short while to get to a point where you'll be able to eat whatever you like, if you choose to eat out, whatever the cost, just as a treat, as opposed to an everyday thing that is literally a liability to you. So I've signed up for an Audible for, you know, an Audible account where I get to listen to books that, you know, as soon as someone tells me of a book, I'm just looking for it and then, and then putting it on my wait list for my, you know, you get two free books literally a month. So, you know, I listen to it while I'm exercising, while I'm cooking, hiking, drive, you know, driving or, you know, in transit. And, you know, I'm learning. I really am. And honestly, so can you. welcome back so my next question is about a book oh yeah so I've been asked whether I'm going to bring out a book to help people um, go on the same journey as I have and um, to be honest the answer is actually you know yes why not I mean I just released uh, a workbook called buy book which is supposed to help people um, entrepreneurs on their self-awareness emotional intelligence journeys and um, and you know bundle it up in their while they're building their ideas and their business and you know, I would like to build something for HHEMEM. I mean, to be honest, like right now I'm learning a lot about what it takes to, um, you know, gain momentum while, when you publish a book, you know, globally. And also I'm documenting every step that I take on my own HHEMEM journey. I'm sharing it on podcasts as well. Um, we, I have some worksheets currently now on the website in the marketplace that you can actually purchase that will help you on, you know, what I did in year one. And it's, it's kind of exciting to think about the fact that you guys are actually hoping that I have a tool that's going to help you. I'm really looking forward to putting everything I've documented into, you know, workbook format and sharing it with you guys. So the next year coming up is year three. I'm calling that the striking, striking when it's hot year. Um, year one was all about my, you know, SAEI journey and personal development where I worked on my, my mindset and habits, you know, I had to get rid of the habits and give up the habits that didn't benefit my financial independent, um, independence goals. You know, year two was, is full on education, which is what I'm in right now. You know, I'm soaking up experiences and advice from those who have achieved, you know, their millionaire goals or are on their way. I mean, I can also um, tell you that I'm talking to CFPs and CPAs to find someone who will be the right fit for me 
Um, and I need to, you need to make sure you do this. Don't take it lightly. Uh, it's just like shopping for a car. You, you, you know, test drive different things before you figure out what you want um, and who fits you and your, and your risk appetite, your style. You know, I mean, like, I want someone that would give me advice, but I also want someone that understand that before I ask or speak about something, I would have done my research. So the ideal C, you know, CFP or CPA for me would be someone that is giving me information to soak up as well. If they find something that would be worth in adding to my portfolio, you know, just to, just putting it out there. Um, and you have to think about that kind of stuff. It's just like being a mentor. I, I'm picky. You know, I have uh, anyone that knows me knows that it's like I can I see greatness in you. But if you don't come to me until you see yourself, because there is way more work you have to do if someone doubts themselves to be honest and it's not something that is of benefit to me because there's a risk that person is going to drop off and you know to be honest I'm not the kind of mentor that likes to see someone fail so you know it's the same thing with your whatever professional you're working with or company of or fiduciary whatever you decide to do in this journey you need to make sure that it's the right fit if you feel uncomfortable in any way there you know shop around Okay, so you're not stuck with anyone or anything. It just make sure you make the right decision for yourself. Year three, jumping in um, next year and putting it all together. My goal is to build a diversified portfolio. I, you know, currently what I've done um, to, in this journey, towards this journey, is um, equity investments. And like, let me just explain that, you know, because it might not be what you guys understand. So I've invested myself and skill um, as well as time in startups. In exchange for common stock, you know, and ordinary shares. That's what they're called in the UK. Um, so I am an entrepreneur at heart. And this was the best way for me to satisfy that part of me, to be honest. You know, I I wasn't too keen on either owning something um, on my own, because I've done that before. Um, I wanted to be part of, uh, of, of a vision. And then I wanted to support someone else's vision i'm pretty good at that so i decided like, okay i'm gonna take this route for now um and for someone that has been a maverick for you know, most of her life it was oh it took a lot for me to learn how to be in in uh, partnerships um even some of some of some of my partners always say because you like, gotta communicate with us and i'm just like oh i'm sorry i'm not used to that but you know it's good to learn all these things as you go along because you know, towards my goals, this was a very good way to go. Um, every like the, the experience I've had for 15 years has been of great value. Um, you know, when we're having our meetings and, and, and brainstorming sessions, you know, because, you know, I, I've gone through the good, I've gone through the bad. So I, I more or less see the best pathway for someone to take. I still make mistakes, you know, don't get me wrong. But the cool thing about making mistakes when you're in a pool of other people is that there are people to balance it out. OK, so, yeah. So that's what I've done. Literally, um, actually actively on my journey. I've also um, been reading a lot about the kind of stocks I want to invest in. Um, sometimes you get companies that have a pool of a certain kind. That's great. Um, some go for the ones that are, you know, the, the key money makers on, on the stock market, you know, but I'm, I'm big on, I'm, I'm very keen on the startup 
um, audience. So, I mean, like venture cap, becoming a venture capitalist, something that would be a great thing or working with venture capitalists is something that would be a great thing, you know, for me to do as well. So I've got different things going around, but I want a diversified portfolio. I'm, I'm also someone that's really big into real estate. Um, sustainable housing is something that I, 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 I mean, like, I, I mean, when I say sustainable, I mean the energy that's used in those homes are sustainable. So these are things that you look at and think very deeply about, you know, especially at this point in time in someone's in my life. It's when you're younger, you can you can invest in whatever you like. But when you're older, you're like, I want to make some impact um, with my money, even while it's, it's, it's earning for me while I sleep. So I can make those kind of decisions um, and I can get, you know, someone that would help me make sure that, you know, my goals are, are actualized. So my plan is literally to do that. And, you know, a mixed investment portfolio is great if you have a variety of interests. Um, you know, they can contain assets that are, you know, individually might look risky, but together, pull together, they, you know, they have low risk. And I'm in for the long haul here, you know. Um, when I want to satisfy that risky side of me, I would just take some time out and then take some money out and then do some day trading, you know, obviously learning from Team Sykes, you know, you need dedication to this is something that you do daily and you never keep like, like, don't put that thing in the market or keep it in the market overnight. He tells you all these key things. He teaches you how to, to check out trends. And, you know, I mean, it's like, you have to just decide where you're comfortable at. This is not a game. It's just like you know you're building something that's going to essentially feed you and and pay you if you do it the right way welcome back guys so this is the final segment of this episode and you know just like i do with all my other people i interview i'm going to give you three tips three tips so of what i've learned so far okay so number one is taking ownership you know for where you're at you know understanding that you have to be disciplined you know um you have to ask yourself key questions you know when you're taking ownership how did you get here you know do you do you make enough? How can I make more? How can I spend less? You know, clear my debts. How can I do that? And how can I, you know, curb my borrowing, you know, and understanding assets and liabilities. If you can really understand that and classify, you know, your budget to, to see where that is. If it's not balanced, you need to balance it. Like, like literally get to a point where your assets outweigh your liabilities. Like, literally. And... You know, when you think about an asset, don't think about what you need to put in to get it. You need to think about what it's going to pay you over time. And this is something that you just sit down with a professional and literally they will explain it to you and then show you how you can balance what you're doing right now. That's the key thing. Taking that first step, being accountable is really important like for how you got there and then being disciplined enough to know what you need to do to get out of it. Okay, so that's the thing about this journey. It's you got to own it, man. You got to just own where you're at and just be like, man, you know what? I fucked up. I messed up and I'm going to move forward and not do this again or continue to do it. You know, a lot of people also need to look at the habits they've also learned from, from, you know, as a, you know, I call it generational curse. And every person has the choice and opportunity to make their own path, to change that, break the cycle is what I call it. Okay, it may have worked in the past, but it might not work for you or your goals or your purpose. And if you find yourself in that situation, just 
make that choice, that decision, and then own it and create things that you're going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again. Okay? Create your own path. Number two is investing yourself. I can't explain this even more because this year is all about that. That is what I'm doing. That, you know, some people have issues with the word education, but look, it's just information you're, you're soaking in that's going to help you make the right choice. That's literally what it is. Investing yourself so that you're able to make the right choices. You know, discover who you are. You know, set life goals. Like, really do set them. You know, what's your purpose? You know, you can only do this by, you know, using your, you know, your SAI, SAEI. So you're making sure you're self-aware and that your emotional, emotional intelligence is, is on point. Self, being self-aware is crucial to this journey. You know, like, okay, what am I doing? Stop being, being able to stop yourself and, and your tracks when you're doing something. And then feeling, there's a feeling you feel when you know you're doing something wrong that is not going to help your financial goals. And this goes for those impulsive spenders, you know. It's like, okay, just, if you know you're impulsive, just don't go near the mall, you know. And learn to window shop. Like, I had to get to a point where I would literally leave my purse at home I only take like $10 out. So if I even had to spend anything, if it didn't fall within that $10, I wouldn't. And sometimes I would, as I'm about to pay for something or as I'm about to walk to the till, I now think, do I really need to do this? Do you know how difficult that is for a lot of people? And I started doing this years ago to the point where I didn't notice, but a couple of my family members started to notice and do the same thing. And I was really in awe because I was only doing it because I had to manage, not knowing that it was also helping others break a supposed generational curse. Yeah. So think about all these things and invest in yourself. You don't you never know how it might serve another person, but it is serving you beyond where you, your wildest dreams. Stop thinking about time. It's very important when you're investing in yourself. You know, don't give yourself a limit of, of any kind. You know, I only gave myself five years because I knew I could do it. And I've seen people do it. So it was a situation where I'm like, okay, why can't I? They don't have two brains. So it's a situation where you have to decide who you are. Know yourself. Know your value and what you're willing to put into something. And as for me, right now, it's this journey of how to make a million. Now, my final tip is, um, you know, get a professional. I am not formally trained in financial management of any kind, wealth management, you know, or finances. I can tell you this, like when I tried to study this when I was at uni, I literally walked out of the class. I didn't understand. And I wish I did it because I would have made different choices, you know, money wise. But the thing is, some people are good at, you know, at understanding what you need. It, it Like it's, it's the same what I've, from what I've listened to so far and learned, there's a pattern with people who decide to build wealth. Some decide early, some are where I'm at, and some do it even later. But there's a pattern. It is that decision that it is getting the right person to work with, the right company or, or, what, or professional to work with. And that is looking out for you. But remember, no one can look out for you better than you. So make sure you know what it is you're getting into just as well. But the technical side of it, that professional is going to make sure that, okay, it works out for you. So l- let me give you an example of what I've done with, with some of the CPAs and the CFPs I've talked to when I'm trying to find my own perfect fit. 
Um, it's basically, I told them my interests, what I was interested in. And um, I wanted them to help me build something that would be, you know, that I would be happy with long term. The key thing for me, I realized when I'm talking to this, these professionals was I had to have a number. You know, like what number would I want? And it's the same thing. It's like when they ask you, like, if you're, you know, a nine to five person, how, how much do you want to earn? Because some people only think about, I just need a job. No, 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 no. How much do you want to earn? If all things were equal, what would you love to earn every year? And I'm not saying be greedy here. So that's the same thing you have to think about when you think about this, what a millionaire means. What does it mean to be a millionaire? It means something is paying that person a certain amount that they want that makes them live comfortably every single month. So for me, I realized like, okay, I have to have that number. What number would be comfortable for me to be able to do the things I want to do for myself and my daughter and then, you know, the people I support and the causes I support as well. And that was very enlightening for me to know that I have to have that number. And once you have that number, a professional is literally going to plug it in and then literally tell you what figure you need to be working towards. So some people only work towards that number every month. No, you got to be working towards the capital that's going to feed you that number every month. It's literally what a 401k is. You know, get yourself to a place where when you retire, it's feeding you a certain amount of money every annually, just like a salary that you're, you pay yourself. So you have to do the same thing if you're on this journey. You literally have to do it, you know, um, and I don't want you to think of it as a pension. You know, just think of it beyond that. You know, think of it like, what is that number that you'd be comfortable with? Is it, you know, is it 5,000? Is it 10,000? You know, is it 20,000? What is it? And then have your professional help you work towards that. And they will give you a timeline based on whatever activities you're doing that will, and how it will get you there. And then that's when you now realize that, oh, I got to do more. Yeah, you got to do more. Okay, to get to wherever you have to be at. That, that, is the, that is how to look at it. That's how to look at, you know, the whole process. Okay, you know. And then make sure you have someone that's right by your side and knows what they're doing. That's going to build, you know, everything that you're doing to get you there. So, you know, I'm really excited that you guys stayed with me throughout this episode. And then those are my three tips. And, um, you know, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the HTMAM journey. Look out for my page on Facebook, How to Make a Million. Right there, I actually share a lot of stuff I find online, stuff that I read. I, I read um, for an hour every day in the morning, blogs and catch up on investment news and things like that, you know. And I share, you know, what, you know, little, little nuggets on that page, you know. Continue to listen to the podcast. You, it, it never gets old for me listening to the interviews, um, seriously, because... I, I just like, I smile because I know where I'm going and I know what I'm going to be doing soon. It's, it's, it's very exciting. And, you know, I, I can't wait to share the next couple of episodes coming up. You know, um, I actually have a couple I'm going to be interviewing. A very interesting couple who have built wealth together, built a lovely life together. And they have exciting things coming up. Um, and I can't wait to, to share that, that episode with you, um, be interviewing a couple of women actually, you know, so, um, who are going to share their, where they're at now, they're not millionaires yet, but it's important to see what they're doing 
and then you can actually keep following them until they get to that point because you'd be like oh my gosh I was there before they made it yeah that that feels great just being in that situation um you know coming up next you know is going and you guys I can't wait to, sh- for, to for you to listen that to that episode the reason why is because um his mantra is change your mindset change your life and literally that's what the my self-awareness emotional intelligence journey is about you need to change your mindset about money you need to change your mindset about about life you need to change your mindset about a lot of things for you to change your life and 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 make things happen for you so with that on that note i would like to say thank you for listening and i will see you next episode bye Thank you.